0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. And we welcome you to the Larry Hardesty Show on 987, just like the big guy with the big voice said. one 800 919 3776 Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM. Along with Harvey and Joe, we ride until 3. Then Ty Butler will take over here on 987 ESPN. And obviously. Oh, what a glorious Sunday it is. The Mets won again. game. Oh, play the music, Harvey. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Now, reality hits. It took a whipping by the Pittsburgh Pirates on Friday night. Hitting Met pitching for 14 runs. For a closed door meeting to be held by Buck Shaw Walter, who thank God woke up after praising this team for scoring 10 runs and getting beaten 13 to 10 by Atlanta and swept and saying, Oh, I'm proud of the guys. They got 10 runs. Then after Pittsburgh realizing, you know what? We got to pivot. This, this is not good. But they won yesterday 5 1. Yay. Kodai Senga on the road, on the road, seven innings, one run, 6K, 79 strikeouts. Nice. Mets, hits, runs, scoring. And run scoring has not really been the issue, although it is an issue. But it wasn't the issue over these past couple of games, obviously. Look at all the runs they scored against Atlanta. It's been pitching. And it's been a trickle-down theory of pitching for this team. It's been a trickle down theory of pitching because the starters weren't giving you length. So you had to go into your bullpen early, and the bullpen, shaky at best. And so the depth, not good. And so you continue to trot out this Met pitching staff and continue to trot them out and continue to trot them out, and people hit them and hit them and hit them. No length from the starters. What do you expect? So that's been an issue. Obviously, this team is better in theory. On paper, they're better than their record, but they have not played that way. And oh, by the way, the owner of the New York Mets spoke out. Thank goodness. Let's read some of the excerpts from Steve Cohen. Says he's not going to blow out over the struggles. Quoting him, when things get really bad, I'm not going to blow up. I don't think that's the proper response. I don't think it solves anything other than it gives people a one-day story, but it doesn't really solve anything. Continuing to quote the Met owner, there's plenty of blame to go around from a performance point of view. So blowing up, I'm not sure how it solves anything. It would demonstrate, oh, he really cares. He's one of us. But the reality is it's not going to solve our problems. And I think in some ways it can be demotivating. I respect his opinion. But when you're a fan and you're watching this team perform and you're watching them with base running mistakes and fielding errors and playing sloppy baseball, and of course, listen, Brandon Nimmo's been outstanding. Another couple of great catches yesterday. So we're not talking about him. But we're talking about the struggles with Lindor on Friday night where he himself took blame and said the loss is on me. We look at Starling Marte with the ball rolling under his glove in right field in the game against Atlanta on Thursday. This team is not playing crisp baseball. They're playing very bad baseball. And understanding that you're not going to have Peter Alonso until probably the all-star game the all-star break or after the all-star break, things need to be shook up. So while I understand in theory what Steve Cohen is saying, as a fan, you want to you want to see that somebody on this team, players, manager, ownership, front office, are invested emotionally like you are. Now, Does it mean that you want Steve Cohen to come in and fire everybody? Of course not. Nobody's saying that. But I think at least him speaking out was important, as he did in the New York Post that was printed yesterday. So that was a start. But clearly, something needs to be done. Once again, quoting the Met owner, General fan reaction is usually, I can't believe Steve's not going nuts. Fire somebody. My answer to that is, okay, let's say I went nuts. Let's say I fire somebody. Then what? What does that accomplish? Who are you going to replace them with? This is the middle of the season, and then if you actually ask people who are the replacements, they have no answers other than they're just angry, and I get that. I'm frustrated, too. Players are frustrated. Front office is frustrated. We're frustrated. No one expected this. This is really surprising. It doesn't mean things won't get better if we can find our way to fix our weaknesses. We'll try. You know what? For the Met fan, in a lot of ways, just hearing you say, I'm frustrated, players are frustrated, front office is frustrated, is great. That's that's That solves some things. It buys you time. Now, clearly... I mean, it doesn't take a seven-game losing streak for you to realize that the the construction of this Met bullpen was iffy at best. And as you saw, as I mentioned earlier, the the starters not giving you length and more pressure coming on this bullpen, you had to know that you have to go out and start looking. And I don't I, I would I can't prove to you that Billy Epler is not manning the phones trying to get a deal for some depth in the bullpen? I'm sure he is. Any general manager who's worth his salt doing his due diligence has to see that we're not going anywhere without this bullpen being improved in some facet. We're not. And once again, look, nobody expected the news about Quintana. You haven't seen him yet. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that Scherzer and Berlander would struggle at the top of the rotation the way they have. But in theory, you had to realize that when you're gambling with two older pitchers at the top of your rotation, there's going to be some it's, there's going to be some situations where they're not going to be good. There's only X amount of arm pitches that you have in the pitcher's arm, and they struggle. And Scherzer has struggled with injuries. You knew that going in. He's done it. He did it before you got him. He's done it since he's been here. Now, when he's right, he's great. And the same thing with Verlander. When he's right, he's great. But how often is he going to be right? And the concern with Verlander is when he's been bad, he's been bad early, so you've had to go to your bullpen. Now, last night, Singer, who's been another person, especially on the road, who has given you no length, nothing. It was a gift last night. It was a gift. So that, along with some runs, and the the Pittsburgh team, that look, they're better than they've been in years, but we're not exactly talking Atlanta here. But they're better. They're good enough to whip you with 14 runs Friday night. So I'm not downplaying them. But listen, you needed that win yesterday after a Friday closed-door meeting. And obviously, as the late Jim Fossil did with the Giants years ago, by having his meeting and saying, I'm pushing the chips in the middle of the table, we're going for it. You pick your spots when you have these meetings. And having them after a 14-run uprising by Pittsburgh, whom you're, you're better than, even three, four games under 500, you're better than, is the perfect time to do it. That's when you do it. Because you needed them to respond. Suppose they had got blitzed again. Steve Cohen, if the Mets lose, if the Mets had lost yesterday directly after a Friday closed door meeting that Buck Showalter had to have because of how they played and how they looked and the fact that you've got to turn this thing around, I mean, what would that have said? Then I don't think Steve Cohen can say the same things he said in that article. If you have a Friday closed door meeting and the team still doesn't respond that's a whole different issue. A whole different issue. 1-800-919-3776. we will take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
2: I don't know about relief, you know. Sir our guys feel good about trying to build on it now is the challenge. It's not always necessarily dictated by your starting pitcher because I, I want us to get where something breaks down and, and we pick it up in another area. I hope it doesn't. You know, how many games do you have where everything's clicking? It's hard to do. It's a lot of baseball out there. A lot of, you know, we're playing on, you don't know how the ball's going to hop. You don't know, you know, we had a couple of things that didn't go our way early and we got right back in it. Our guys were, you know, we're driven today to, to, fin- to finish that game and it all started with the pitching we got from... Uh, Kodai and the Robbie and uh, Otto.
1: Go show, Walter, after a Met win for the first time in a week. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. 3776 we we'll get to your calls in a second. Hey, Buck, what did you see from Kodai Singa yesterday?
2: Cutter was a good pitch for him when he got behind the count where he didn't have to give in completely. Pretty good command was fastball for the most part. You know, obviously uh, the game's a lot uh, easier when you get those type of starts, but, you know, we talk a lot of, you know, two seasons about when something might break down. It's not always perfect. Something's got to pick you up a little bit. Kodai was the difference in making that happen today than the tackle runs. You know, Mark, he makes a tough tweener Era comes right back with two big hits. That's uh, and a really good play at first base. That's why you trust guys like Mark because he doesn't, you know, let's something snowball.
1: All right. So I understand what Buck is saying and, but it still doesn't mean that Vientos could not be in the lineup. I get that. You feel that kind of has more experience. You're going to go with your veterans, especially in a losing streak like this. I understand it. That that's Buck Showalter. That's the way he's been. That's, that's the way he operates. I respect it. But I still think you could find room in the lineup, even at the DH, for Vientos to get his bat in the lineup. We need to see what these young kids can do. Okay, because, you know, much like strangely, you you could say in a weird way, where would the Yankees be without Domingo Herman Giving him solid pitching performances when he goes out there. He's been lights out after the suspension and pretty good before then. Where would the Mets be without those rookies? I mean, even with the rookies, they dropped seven straight. Where would they? I mean, where would and where would they be without Alvarez? Where would they be without Beatty? Where would they be without you know, you know Vientos? In the sense of you want to see a little bit more what he can do. So yes, I understand. Connor's going to get most of the time at first base. Okay, great, got it, understand. But there's got to be room in this lineup to let me see what Vientos can do. Okay, it's got to be. 1-800-919-3776. Back to, let's, uh, let's go to the phones. Not back to the phones. Let's go to the phones. Artie's in Brooklyn. Artie, talk to me on 9870
0: ESPN. Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking the call, man.
1: You got it, man. Yeah, I, I think the, the Mets
0: are trying to better the book, you know, worst team the money could buy. And, <laughs> um, you know, think that's what happens in sports, too. I mean, I'm not going to kill Apier for this team because this team won last year 100 games. The thing I will criticize, though, is when they lost Diaz, and then they lost a couple of guys in the bullpen. Their decision was to go for the starters, and their weakness was the bullpen. And then they lose their best guy in the bullpen, and nothing. You know that i I mean, there was a question of like, who are they going to get. That's not my job. My job's not to say that's his job to go look. I'm sure there are teams that went out there and got bullpen guys when they needed them, and that's the best decision. And then. Think about this, right? They were going after Correa. Can you mm-hmm. imagine they spent all that money on Correa because they needed bol- bolstering in the in the uh, in hitting? Because they last year they they didn't hit, right? So they got Correa to protect Alonso. That wouldn't have worked out. So now they got Von to go, ba- Von go back to to protect Alonso. You know how that's working out. Mm-hmm. Marte and McNeil are not hitting like they were last year, and this that's why we're here where we are. I would not trust APR to make a move. You know, I guess we talked to the producer, and he goes, what about if he gets Ohtani? Yeah, I, that's great. But who are you giving up to get Ohtani? I thought that he could get Ohtani for free, just basically give him money, that mm-hmm. was, that they had that kind of relationship. Ohtani's going to the Dodgers. Let's, let's not. That's why they didn't make a move. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. But wow. that's the only way that I would save Aper's life. How do you fire Buck? Okay, I, I'm fine. He's saying I'm proud. I'm proud. His his way, I guess, with the young kids is trying not to like go criticize. That's not Buck's thing to criticize over the uh, over the media. That's fine. Okay, but the thing is, you're gonna fire Buck after winning 100 games last year. I mean, it, that, I mean, I would go with it's Abeas team, and if they don't make the playoffs, it's disappointing. But I would not trust this guy to make moves in the in the, in the midseason. I don't know how you feel about that. All right, Larry, thanks for taking
1: the call, bro. All right, Artie, thanks for the focus. Interesting thought. I would say this to you. Um, you're 1,000% right about what happened with them in the bullpen. With all the things that went down, they knew they needed to add some folks in the bullpen. And listen, it just hasn't worked. And part of it, once again, part of it is not just on the bullpen. Part of it is on the fact that your starters have not been good. Your starters have not given you length. So while your bullpen, you were, you were like, the bullpen is – Okay, it's it's okay, right? Now you're okay. Bullpen is oh because they're pitching every day, and they're not only pitching every day because everybody's bullpen pitches every day. It's Major League Baseball in, in in you know in this century, so that's what it is. But it's not getting six or nine outs every day. It's getting fifteen to eighteen outs at least two or three times a week. Tyler McGill has been awful this year. It's been awful. Peterson's in the minors, he's been awful. Singer, as I mentioned before the, the the start yesterday, and especially on the road, has been awful. Verland, the two starts, Colorado and Atlanta, what third inning, he's out, fourth inning, he's out. Sure's a missed time. You know, so so yeah, they needed more, they needed to add depth in their bullpen. They had to know. And yeah, now that now they're like, well. Diaz may come back. <laughs> okay, great. If he does, fabulous, fabulous. Will it matter when he comes back if you don't do something with this bullpen? Will it matter? I don't know. Probably not. If they don't get things st- squared away. Got to make a move. Got to make a move. Got to add something in the board. Even if it's one of the kids in the minor leagues, bring him up. Let's see what he can do. Let's see. Give me one of these hard-throwing righties or lefties you have down there. Let's let's see if they can give you an inning to just give you a break of what's happening with the starting rotation. And as far as Epler's concerned, you're right. This is a 101-win win team. No, you don't deserve to fire Buck. Obviously not because he's won 101 games because of what he did last year. But we all know that plenty managers get fired because franchises believe they have to make a statement. Okay. Somebody's got to be the fall guy here. And if this team does not make the postseason after winning 101 games last year, I mean, I don't. I think they will make the postseason. I think they'll turn it around. They're, they're playing badly. They're not this bad, talent-wise. They're playing badly. So I don't believe that this, I still believe this is a playoff team. But once again, with the money that's being spent, if this team does not get to deep into the postseason, I mean, obviously it's a World Series team. That's what the money is. That's what the goal is, as with all other teams. But when you spend, what, close to $80 million, $90 million on two starters at the top of your rotation, you're, you're going for it all. You got two Hall of Famers at the top of your rotation. That's why you spent the money. So no, Epler's got to do some things with this trade deadline. He's got to improve the bullpen, and I still think he needs a bat. And the fact that Vogelbach is not playing that much, good. How could he? What does he do? This get, It's still about production. And he hasn't produced. So if you're telling me that Vientos can't get in the lineup because he's not producing, then I know Vogelbach can't get in the lineup because he hasn't produced consistently since he's been here. It's the bottom line. That's what has to turn around about this team. Pitching and shoring up their defense, because their defense, their stolen bases have been great. But their defense, not so much. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7
2: ESPN. Yeah, he very quietly has a little bit. You know, you see a lot of the numbers and averages kind of creeping up, whether it be Marte or Mark or Fam, uh, you know, guys that we know have a track record in the past, and, you know, hopefully they're little by little, they're starting to get back there. You know, Nim was on base three times today that and played another stellar center field. That, you know, we've, we've made some good defensive plays. Mark made a really good play down the line. That's a hard play, and Nim made a couple of plays there. Tom, Tommy very quietly. It's been, been on game.
1: Buck Walter. praising his guys. And yesterday, they deserved it. They won a the game. Hard to stay until 3 on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. 3776 go to the phones. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike.
3: Hey, Larry. I got a, a solution my buddy said with the Diaz. When you lost Diaz, it pushed everybody up and notch or two in some cases. So that, that accounts for a lot of the issues the Mets are having. And they're not fielding well, too, and observing uh, when I catch them out. What you should do is five minutes from where I live is where the Rays play in uh, whatever it's called, Tropicana. And they never have more than one or two starters that are starters. And I'd say they've been pound for pound or dollar for dollar as successful as any franchise in the last 10 years. Am I right with the pitching?
1: Yeah, they have. They have. they do it with smoke and mirrors.
3: Yeah, now, well, it's not so much smoke and mirrors after 10 years. Uh, It's easy to say after a couple. But here's the deal that my buddy told me. You know, I I follow baseball. But he says to me, they paid for 30-year-old Verlander and 30-year-old Scherzer, and they got 40-year-old Scherzer and Verlander. Maybe the idea is to, you know, uh, let them start – three quarters of the time and get into the playoffs and then hopefully they'll have 130 innings and they'll have some more in the tank. But listen, I, I understand it. I think it's overreaction. And, and the key he said to tell you today, he's not big on calling, he says, the Phillies got in last. Where were the Phillies last year off the top of your head at this time? Where were they? Oh, were they worse struggling. than the Mets? Yeah, they were
1: worse than the Mets.
3: Yep. Okay, so so you can straighten it out. That, that's a big thing. One quick Hoops question because I, it's uh, cherish the time you're on. Um, I'm looking at this quick list. I'll read it to you. will take 10 seconds. Ginobili, Rodman, uh, Alex English, Chris Middleton, Tony Kukoc, Draymond Green, Dennis Johnson, and and Jokic. All second-round picks. Mm-hmm. Jokic, Jokic sticks out on this list to me.
1: Uh yeah, uh, and and well, tell me why. I I think I know
3: why, but tell me why. Be, be, because first of all, we don't see him that much. I do because I'm crazy, but I, I just think. And someone told me, why do they allow him to bring the ball up un on, on t- with no attack on him? Why do they allow him that? Why don't they press him? Look, Miami's ideology and the way they're in shape, they've overachieved. I hate that organization because the same reason you do. But that's not give not. Taking away credit, they don't press them. They're making them look foolish. They really are. Denver is much better than we all thought, and they do play a little bit of defense. I just think Jokic is, for whatever reason, he's a foreigner or he's just a big, uh, you know, big guy, big slow guy. He doesn't have the clout. I can't figure it out, but I watch him play and I see things I have never seen with any other player at that size. What Spike, do you thanks for,
1: Spike, thanks for the phone call. I'll say this. It is because of how we've been taught about basketball that tall guys' centers, because he is a legitimate center, uh, you don't, they don't bring the ball up. They can't even handle the basketball. So not only does he handle the basketball and bring the ball up, his court vision is extremely good. He, has, he, he, he and his teammates are on such they they have they've got better chemistry than a quarterback a great quarterback with a great wide receiver is that they know where they're going to go they, they 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 just they just work well together and because of his ability to give the ball up and because of his ability to make you pay when you try to come out there with him okay he's going to pass let me sag back a little bit now he hits the three he's got a great range for a center so these are all the things that that you really respect and appreciate about him, because of what he brings to the table. Now, here's what I don't get: I don't get why, if, if you're Miami and he's bringing the ball up, why aren't you putting somebody in front of him to try to take the ball away? I mean, no, because and you see when on these occasions when he does it, either it's coming off the board and they get it to him, and he's pushing the ball up the court because he understands that, you know, a smaller quick guard could, could probably get down there and take the ball away from him. But it's, it's because of his size and how we think about centers in the NBA. Great centers. We don't think about centers who pass the ball and shoot the ball well, especially from three, because this is a different era. Okay, we, weren't, we, we didn't want our centers shooting way out there. We wanted our centers in the post in the paint area. We want our centers close to the basket where they could dominate and just, you know, which he can do also. So, it's the versatility of his game is what really uh makes people just shake their heads and say, "Wow, he's really good." And Spike, he is a second-round draft he was a second-round draft pick. And when you look at it, he used to always talk about the previous year's talk about his dad Bod. You know, you look at him, you say, "Wow, he's just a guy he's like a backup center someplace." No, he's really talented, really, he's a great player. He's a great, great player. And as he continues to perform and as his team wins championships, he's going to be even more revered and respected for what he brings to the table. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned about history because we are always quick. The latest thing is the best thing we've ever seen. It's always the greatest, oh, my God, it's the greatest ever. Great. And he will go down as one of the greatest players and greatest centers to have ever played the game. Is he there now? Uh, yeah. He, he's, he's right there. He's right there. But you've got some other guys who have been great. who have got championships, you know, who have who, been fabulous, who have been great. So is he a great player? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm hearing people talk about he's the greatest of all time. Can we wait? Can we wait a second? (laughs) Can we wait just a minute (laughs) before we anoint him the greatest of all time? He may ultimately be. But at 1236 on June 11th, I can't say he's the greatest center of all time. I can't do it. 1-800-919-3776. The other thought, Spike, about Tampa, here's why I say it's smoke and mirrors. And when you talk about the years, you're right. They've been consistent. They've been great. They've been able to do it. And the thing that they've been able to do is they've had sustainable success and not, been a, not being able to sign a bunch of folks to bring them back. So their scouts have been tremendous. Because I always talk, when I think about Tampa, what do I think about? I think about a Tampa team, pitching-wise, that just builds under their stadium they build six, seven, six, eight pitchers who throw hundred miles an hour plus, and have a curveball that falls off the edge of a table, and that's why they're so successful. Their everyday life—they—they—they're not a—you know—they, you don't think of them as a—you know—a a, a tremendous home run hitting, great average team. You—you you think of their pitching, right? And—and and their pitching, really. It's not been, it's not really been that consistent as far as starters concerned because they just continue to rotate. I mean, this is, this Tampa is the the father of the opener where they just have a bullpen day because they're so deep with their pitchers. And yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying about the Phillies. Absolutely. Nobody's saying the Mets season is over. But when you play, you have a payroll of close to 400 million dollars okay and you are playing the way they're playing in a division that's that's really top heavy and you're in fourth place and you won 101 games last year and and you're playing like crap it's unacceptable yeah it's early but do you are you guaranteed it's going to turn around Do you know it's definitely going to turn? Will it turn around enough? I think it will. I think that, like I said before, I think they're a playoff team. They will be a playoff team. But after 64, 65 games, to be blitzed like you were in Atlanta and then to come back and have a loss like you did against Pittsburgh, I mean, that's that's, that's not what you want. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose?
4: Good afternoon, Larry. How's it going?
1: It's going great, Jose. How are you this Sunday?
4: I'm doing good. I was, you know, just having a nice, relaxing weekend. Went out to the movies yesterday with my nephews. Got to see the Spider-Man film. I'll recap that with you and um, Gordon on Tuesday because we got the finals on um, Monday, mm-hmm. and we I wanted to pretty much get my finals talk out because I already got my Jets talk out with Anita, and Anita pretty much explained it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to get my NBA finals pretty much recapping because I, I i just don't know what else to say about this combination of Jokic and Murray because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's really something else. And what makes this Denver team is like watching their passing. It's kind of like giving them that dynamic duo with the passing game of like kind of like the Golden State passing mm-hmm. game. And it's just pretty much, you know, I, I got to say, marvelous to watch. Like, you know, this is, you know, me, I'm a guy that likes ball movement and passing the ball. So anytime I get to see that type of basketball, it's definitely a treat to watch. And I just don't know what else Spostra and Jimmy Butler can do. It looks like Jimmy Butler is on his last leg or Last ankle, Mm because it does not look like he is going to um, turn into you know the the Jimmy Butler we saw in that first round against the Bucks, Mm -hmm. because we we didn't see it against the Knicks and we really didn't see it against you know the Celtics. You know, people were calling for Martin to be the MVP. So, and now with you know this happening, I just don't know what else Miami can do. I could think they make a spirited effort, but I would not be surprised. If Jokic and Murray pretty much look at the home crowd and say, "Let's close this out tonight,"
1: you know, Jose, uh, you make a great point. And here is the other thing: is and thanks for the phone call. Is Miami really in this series with this matchup because of the height disadvantage? They really only have one way to win, and that is either Butler goes crazy, or they go crazy from three. And if they go crazy from three and now you have to adjust to try to defend the perimeter and that frees up Butler to do some other things and they help their, their passing game, which is pretty good too. Uh, that, that's, that's how they, that's their way of winning because unfortunately for them, they just don't match up. They, they, the height is just too, it's just too great. The height differential, Aaron Gordon, has been phenomenal the past two games of the series, and think about this: Denver has a three-one lead, and Michael Porter Jr. offensively has been invisible. It's giving you some things off the boards and defensively as the series has gone on, but he as one of their leading contributors. Same thing with uh, you know KCP Con- Contavious Caldwell Pope, offensively not hit a big three late. Not been not been consistent and he's been a major contributor. Ironically, it has been Denver's bench that has over the past couple of games outperformed Miami's bench. And that's been the difference in these last two games. It's fascinating. We'll talk a little more NBA later in the show. When we return. Let's talk talk about the New York Yankees. They won again yesterday. Domingo Herman has been outstanding. We'll have Yankee Talk next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the
0: Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Rich Samini will join me at the top of the hour. We'll wrap up uh, the situation with OTAs and the Jets since they have gotten rid of their mandatory minicamp. So we'll check in with Rich and see what's cooking over Jets. But before we do, let's talk about the New York Yankees. And yesterday, they uh, they found a way to beat Boston. And here's the thing that is really interesting about this team. Because when you look at their lineup and, and believe me, Gordon Damon tells me this every day uh, their lineup is not what you would say like, "Wow, Wow." But they're no. finding, yeah, but they're no. finding they're finding ways to win games with people that you wouldn't expect. Here's what Aaron Boone said about the unsung heroes that continue to uh, help them win games.
5: Yeah, Willie can hit. Bowers can hit. You know, Billy hit his way onto this team down there and, and has taken advantage of the opportunity. And, um, you know, some good plays out there right right out of Jump Street by McKinney, you know, running one down in the gap. And then Bowers makes the play on Devers. So, you know, we talk about it starting in spring training. It's going to take everyone. It's going to take more than you even think. And we need to be ready for that. And to their credit, they've come up and, and, and done a really nice job for us in, in helping us win games. Ultimately, that's what it's about.
1: And uh, Aaron, you would say the small details have been big for you guys, right?
5: Really big. You know, Halk was tough, and we got to find a way to tougher for us to score runs right now. So you got to do some little things to make that happen. IKF ready to go, knows that spot's coming up, boom, pinch hit, here we go. Being aware on the bases, being aggressive on the bases, that's a big add-on run there to give us a little bit of a cushion. Look, like I've said here over the last several weeks, just really pleased with win, lose, or draw, or, you know, whatever happens within the game. These guys are hooked up and ready to go every day. And I keep saying it to you, walk in with an edge, prepare and go compete and let the chips fall where they may and they've done a great job of that.
1: Glaber Torres had a great had a nice day yesterday. Two for four, a home run, RBI. That home run was the go-ahead solo home run in the fourth inning. He's homered in each of his last two starts. But Glaber's got his mind on how well this team has performed so far, hold treading water without having, well, Aaron Judge in the lineup.
4: I think we we got a really good guys on on the lineup. Everybody get the opportunity to do something for the team. And, and I mean, if you got opportunity, you have to do something. The most important for us, we believe each other. If we hope we, we can do a really good team, try to win the most games possible. And, and for sure, when, when just coming back, uh, the lineup is coming, getting get better.
1: Now, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that this Yankee lineup is guaranteed to get you to the World Series because it's not. And once again, as I've said before, I believe because that's what he does is Cashman is sitting down looking at what's wrong with the team. And he will go out at the all-star break or right after the all-star break trade deadline. And he will try to get players who will fit what is ailing this team. That's what he does to his credit he has done a nice job at filling in with these guys that you don't know about, right? Like the Bowers and the Calhouns, the guys that, that Boone mentioned earlier, the guys that are giving you, you know, pieces that are making plays for you. So he, he, he's always done that well. And he's always found a way to have arms in the bullpen, unlike the Mets. He, he's found a way to make that happen. What he has not done, and it's a major issue, is to continue to give Yankee fans the big names in their lineup that they have come to expect from the Yankees. Okay? That that has not worked. He has not been able to do that. So that's the issue that if you're a Yankee fan, you have with him. The fact that your lineup is really after number six, when everybody's healthy, after the sixth batter, you're like, this is not, well, that's it. <laughs> what am I getting from the bottom of the lineup? You know, not, not getting a lot, so that's the issue that you have there. From a pitching rotation, listen. Severino has been troubling. I get that. He gave you a couple of first first outings that been were really good. The last ones, the last two, especially the one against the Dodgers, was awful. Yesterday, uh, the, the the other one last week, better, but not what you were expecting from him. So that's why I said earlier. To me, Domingo Herman has been. A savior, in a sense, because of what he's been able to do for the year, got suspended, has come back, whatever adjustments he had to make, he made those adjustments, and he's pitching very, very good, like he did yesterday. Aaron Boone, what did you see from Domingo Herman?
5: Managed it, was good once again. I didn't think he was as dominant as he was in L.A. They squared some balls up on him tonight, but he made some big pitches when he had to. He had some big plays behind him. So just another strong start for what's been a really good season so far for for Domingo.
1: All right, here's his numbers. Now, yesterday, six innings, six hits, one earned run, two walks, five strikeouts, gave up one home run, started and earned his fourth win of the season. He's allowed one earned run or fewer in five of his last seven starts and in seven of his last 11 starts. He's posted a 2.20 ERA. That's in 41 innings, 10 earned runs over his last seven starts. He's held opponents to a 178 batting average. That's 26 for 146 over that stretch. There's no mistaking that Derek Cole has been the ace of the staff. Even in the loss on Friday night, he gave, he was, you were in the game. You just didn't hit. You were in the game. You just needed one big hit and you might've, you would've won that game. Okay. He has been everything you could ask of an ace. Gary Cole has been, yes. I know the home run bugaboo has come back, but still he's been your ace. Cortez has not been Cortez. Severino has been up and down. Um, really Herman's been essential for you as far as what he's been able to do as a starter. You got to give him credit. He's been amazing and from an from a pitching standpoint, from starters standpoint, I don't know where the Yankees would be without Domingo Herman doing what he's been able to do. And even in in some of the games that he's pitched that the Yankee that he didn't get the win, the Yankees have hung in there and have come back late in a couple of those games. So give him some credit for what he's been able to do for the Yankees. Now, obviously when we talk Red Sox, we know the Yankees want to sweep. (laughs) Yankee fans want to sweep every time you play Boston. I get it. I understand it, but let's face it. Your lineup is compromised right now. All right. And so, you know, you Donaldson's, uh, he gave you some home runs when he got first got back. Uh, but it's been, you know, the other guys. And we'll hear from Willie Calhoun in a minute, but the person that, that I'm really been give a lot of credit to, for what the Yankees have been able to do, has been IKF. Because he is, he. look, every Yankee fan knows the season he had last year, especially in the field. Every Yankee fan knows the fact that he was benched in the postseason in must-win games because he wasn't hitting and he wasn't fielding. But very quietly, in this reserve role that's got him playing center field, that's got him playing left field, occasionally an in infield position, he's been effective. All right, he had a hit last night. He's hitting now in six straight games. He's batting 321 since May 24th. I mean, this is a guy who you were getting nothing from last year, nothing. And in a, in a big, in, in big positions, in big spots, he's come through and, you know, he's playing in positions. He never played and he's giving you all he had. So, listen, am I saying he is the greatest player ever? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that for what he's been able to give you in the reserve role and the roles that you put him in, he's done a great job. He's really done a great job. Willie Calhoun, you know, (laughs) Willie Calhoun is batting third in the Yankee lineup right now. That's how bad this lineup is. Well, yeah, on one hand, but on the other hand, he's producing. So he was asked after, you know, a pretty good day yesterday offensively. What's been the key to your success at the plate so far?
5: Just really just trusting the process and just trusting the work that uh, I've been putting in with the hitting coaches. I feel like it's starting to just like slowly benefit, and uh, hopefully I can keep that rolling.
1: you got to feel pretty confident right now, right?
5: Yeah, I think every single day you just come to the park and just try to just uh, have that, have that like confidence and edge. To you. every single day you walk through the doors. Right now, I mean, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, and yeah, like I said, just trying to keep that rolling.
1: Yeah, and all listen, the fact that he's pre- clearly success breeds confidence. All right, that that's that's elementary. That's not breaking news. We know that. But for a player like him who continues to go in the lineup and and continues to produce listen for the Yankees. He's buying you time until you get things squared away until you can find your everyday left fielder until you can find, uh, you know, other players that you're going to have that's going to move into the starting lineup until judge gets back and you get him squared away until, you know, Stanton gets on a roll and then you've got, your bench becomes even deeper because you've got guys with experience who are confident who can come in. When you need a guy to have a day off, these guys can come in and perform. Now, Yankees, 38-28. and 28. They're 10 games over 500. Uh, they They've split their last 10 games. And, you know, listen, they, that's who they are right now. And hopefully when they get their guys back, pitching gets back and the offense gets back, they'll improve. Mets 31 and 34 before they play the Pirates today. They've lost seven of their last 10. 9.5 behind Atlanta. Uh, a half game behind Philadelphia. Five games behind Miami. Like I said, in a division like the NL East. I'm sure the Mets will be make the playoffs. My major concern is just them playing good baseball in route to get there. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the New York Jets with Witsamini. That's next on 987 ESPN. Oh, play the music, RB!
3: Beat the Mets. Let's go! Beat the Mets. Oh yeah! Step right up and greet the Mets. Oh
1: boy!